This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. After what will have to be remembered as one of the ugliest and most bizarre NFL games played in the last quarter century, if not more. I mean, I can think of it a game, maybe some of you Giant fans are old enough to remember this, that the Giants played early in Parcells' career against the Cardinals. Uh, um, You might remember that game. It was as bad as it ever got, okay? This one rivaled that one in terms of futility, in terms of just how ugly it was, how bad the offense was, And uh, this, I mean, you know, it it just shows you that you couldn't make this script up. I mean, you really, you couldn't make this script up where this game went. From when Thibodeau gets the sack on Wilson, okay? Jets drop back, fourth and 10 on their own 41 Minute and a half left. Thibodeau sacks him. All right. Thibodeau sacks him. And you think that's you know, and, and and one thing, Thibodeau played great, as you know. Three sacks today, other plays that he stopped uh short of uh first downs, running all over the field. I mean uh, I know he was in the news a lot this week. He answered any questions that anybody had. I mean, he had a, a brilliant game today, but there's so much to unravel there and so much to unravel for this game. Number one, if Gano, who was as solid in the last couple of years as any kicker in this league, who kicked great last year, if he's got some kind of leg problem, he missed a field goal last week, he missed a field goal earlier today, I would have brought that into account late in this game, if there's something wrong swelling in his leg. I'm hearing all this stuff about Gano's leg now. Was there an issue this week about Gano? I do not know if there is or isn't. I'm not going to scream about it because I don't know yet. I'm going to look into it, but I don't know if there was an issue this week with Gano physically. Now, usually very dependable. Like I said, missed a field goal last week. Missed a field goal earlier in the game today. All right? We saw Elliott miss a field goal against the Jets. The Jets have gotten a little lucky in that regard a couple of weeks. But you know what? Hey, sometimes the ball, you know, bounces the right way. Make that field goal. They don't have a chance to win the game. We can debate. Let's take these things one at a time. Let's not even go back to the first half and all the injuries to Waller, to Taylor, to the Jets centers. Let's not even go there. All the ineptitude. You know, in the first half, 15 punts, 0 for 18 on third down. Forget all that. You have the play where Barkley gives himself up where he could have continued, which turned out to be a very big play in the game. Number two, you have fourth and one on the 17-yard line. 
You're 28 seconds left. You can kick a field goal and go up six. Okay? You can kick a field goal and go up six. You think if you make it, you're going to have to kick off. You know that? You still have a couple of plays to make, but they have to get a touchdown to beat you. On the other play, now, you can run Barkley, who had had a very, very tough game to that point. He had played well. I mean, a rugged game. He carried the ball a lot. He fought for yardage. He made some good runs. He really had to be the offense in the second half. Everything was going through him. We know that. I was debating, we were debating very strongly, kick the field goal, go up six, game's not over, or go, now, if you don't make it on fourth down, what happens? Probably about the same time left, 24, 23 seconds, field goals usually take five seconds, that one took four, so there was 24 on the clock when it just took over. If they go and they make it, game's over. So you have, at worst, a 60-40 shot. You're going to end the game right there with Barkley. I personally wanted to go. That's not telling you that what Dable did there is extreme or bad or anything else. It's a flip of a coin there. Six takes the field goal out. You're talking your defense has played well all day. You've gotten a pass rush. The quarterback for their team hasn't played well all day. Are, they gonna, are you thinking they're going to be able to make two good plays, which is what they're going to need to get in the field goal range, get out of bounds, which is what you're thinking they're going to have to do, get a penalty, get a pass interference, whatever. Going for it or kicking the field goal, you can make a very good case for either. I am not going to tell you what Dable did was outrageous. It wasn't. If they kicked the field goal there, if he makes a 35-yard chip shot, as you expect him to make. Now, does he have a bad leg? I want to know that too. Is that an issue? He's already missed one in the game. He didn't try one in the 50s earlier. He punted. Is there, is there an issue with his leg? That would make me also think about going on fourth and one. I would have preferred to go and, end the, and have the option of ending the game there and left them there, figuring if I leave them there, they're going to be fine anyway. So either way, you're figuring whether you're up six or you go for it and don't make it. Either way, you're figuring you're still going to win the game. You just took them down on downs. You've played great defensively in the second half. You've put pressure on them, and they haven't done anything in the game except make one play, which was a dump-off that went for a touchdown. So I'm not going to kill the decision to try to kick the field goal. Now, was it surprising that from there that Wilson, and give Wilson credit, but is it surprising that he's able to complete two 29-yard pass plays up the middle in 23 seconds. Because remember, he's got to spike it. 
and still have a second on the clock. So there was 24 when he got it. He makes the play to Wilson. Only second, seven seconds go off the clock. Now, there's a penalty on that play, so it stops the clock. I understand that. Okay, Giants were offside. Now you snap the ball on the Giant 46 with 17 seconds left. Now, usually, you got to get up there and figure how much time you're going to need to get up there and spike the ball. He throws a 29-yard pass play to Lazard, and they are able to spike the ball and do all that in 16 seconds. A 29-yard a pass play up the middle and gets the ball spiked. All right, we can debate the clock all we want. Do I think it was a funny clock? No. Um, I did not think they were going to be able to get up and get the ball spiked when they got up. I did not think they were going to be able to do that. Um, remember, they didn't have any timeouts. And they did. They got the clock stopped. And obviously, Zerline makes the 35-yard field goal. After, of course, the Jets have just uh, the Giants have just missed a 35-yard field goal, and now the game goes to overtime. You realize, you know, going into overtime, that the odds on the Giants winning is going to be either because they got a fumble or a tipped ball for an interception or t- uh, some kind of turnover because they're not going to score on offense. First of all, it's amazing the Giants ever scored a point once Taylor went out of the game. And Taylor, it sounds like, has some kind of rib injury, maybe a broken rib. We don't know. He was in the hospital. We don't have any, anything on that. But it was, he was clearly in a lot of pain. And he's been injury prone at times anyway. Here's the thing now. And now I'm going to get into the part of this where I don't understand what the Giants are doing and I don't understand what the head coach is doing. First of all, the head coach just basically played to hand the ball off, punt the ball back, and let his defense take care of business. That was it. It almost worked. Problem was they had to play an overtime period once the things fell apart. So the Giant defense does its job all day. Thibodeau has a great game. He gets what you think is the game-winning sack. They don't go on fourth and one. They decide to kick the field goal, so make them come the whole distance of the field with no timeouts and 24 seconds left. Gano misses his second field goal of the game, a 35-yarder. In the past, one of the most dependable legs in the league. And now, Wilson, to his credit, hits Garrett Wilson for 17. Okay. I mean, excuse me, hits Garrett Wilson for 29. And then, and then is able to hit Lazard for 29. Now, okay, give him credit. He got the ball off. He had been under pressure all day. The Giants... Looked like they were in a little different, softer coverage. 
It looked like they were trying not to make a big mistake. It also looked like maybe they were a little gassed on the pass rush. That all could have happened. I mean, they are human. Okay, those things happen. The bottom line is, the bottom line is they make two big plays against the defense and get themselves the ball in field goal range and send the game to overtime. You're in overtime. You know that overtime is going to be a nightmare. The Giants started off with a penalty, a holding penalty on first down. DeVito on first and 20. Now, they are on their 15-yard line. They know if they punt the ball back, all the Jets have to do, and their punt has been shaky. So now all they have to do, if they give the ball back, all they just have to do is kick a field goal. Giants got first possession. DeVito is now just dumping the ball to Barkley on first down, on second down, on third down, on first and 20, second and 20, third and 21. You can't play this way. First of all, they have played this way. The stadium is chanting, let them pass. And now let's get to the crux of the matter. And this is on the organization, and this is on the head coach. If you have a player on, and this is not, let me, let me just say this to start. Tommy DeVito, Jersey kid, playing in the NFL, God bless him. Played in college at Syracuse and Illinois, God bless him. It's not about him. What this is about is, if you are the Giants, why would you have a player on the roster who could in this league, when you see quarterbacks go down at a huge clip, at a high clip every single week, sometimes five in a week, sometimes more in a week, in and out of the games, banged up, hurt, you know there's a great chance that a backup quarterback might have to see action in this game or in these games. If that is the case, why would you have a player on the roster that you do not believe can complete a pass to a wide receiver that you will not even attempt to make it seem like you have any thought of throwing the ball down the field to a wide receiver. Not one time. The Jets are a good defense. Any defense that's good is going to be great in that scenario. How could they not be? They didn't have to play the pass. At all. And you went in the game in overtime and flipped the ball to the back on third and first and 20 and second and long and third and long, knowing the game was going to slip away. You didn't even try to win it. How are you going to win it then? You're going to get a strip sack and run it for a touchdown? One of your deep backs is going to pick the ball off and run it for a touchdown. That's what you were hoping for because you weren't going to score on offense when you're afraid to throw the ball over the line of scrimmage. 
The Giants played the entire game from the moment DeVito came in without a passing game. The wide receivers might as well not have dressed. Do you realize that? DeVito was two for seven for minus one yard. Slayton had one catch for minus one yard. That's the only ball that a wide receiver caught in the game. There were no targets to wide receivers. You cannot play that way. And here's the question. Nobody asked it directly. They tried to get into a little of the offensive stuff, and, he, and the coach gave you with the, you know, I'm trying to win the game stuff. Hey, I understand what he was saying, which was, I got a lead. I'm in regulation time. No one asked him directly about overtime. They should have. I got a lead, and I am not going to have him throw a pick or get stripped and have it go back the other way for a touchdown. I am going to run it into the line, and if Barkley can't get a first down, I am going to punt it back and hope for the best. That is outrageous. It is borderline insanity, but with a lead, you can at least understand it. I have the lead. Until I don't have the lead, I am not going to risk anything. I don't like it, but I can at least understand the philosophy. When you are in overtime and you are backed up on the 15-yard line and it's first and 20 and second and 15 and third and 20, whatever the heck it was, you cannot decide to flip the ball to the back against nine-man fronts and expect to get a first down. You're basically saying, we can't win the game. We're going to give up. You have to at least try. Let a back throw it on an option pass. Somebody's there, an ex-quarterback. Let him throw it. Are you telling me that you had this kid in training camp and in practice every day and you don't believe he can throw the ball to a wide receiver on even a play-action pass? Then he should not be on the roster. He can't be on the roster. I understand everything went wrong in what was a horrific loss. This was going to be a great win for the Giants. They were going to steal a game. They were going to stick it to the Jets. And they were going to steal a game. When their quarterback got knocked out, their backup quarterback got knocked out. They were playing without tight ends. They were going to steal a game until the strategy didn't work and they got a couple of bad breaks, including a usually dependable kicker missing a 35-yard field goal. And then the defense, which had played so well, giving up back-to-back 29-yard completions. 
Let's be honest. The Jets hadn't made a play all day. The only scoring play they had was a play that was a dump to Hall that went for a touchdown. That was it. That was it. And then Lazard that lives for those plays because he's been doing it his whole life, understands exactly where he's got to go and what he has to do, and he did it. And listen, give Zach Wilson credit for making those two plays and making those two throws. He made them, so you got to give him credit for that. He didn't have a good game. He had a bad game. A couple of times balls were dropped. Sometimes he made some terrible passes. Sometimes he held the ball too long. Hey, bottom line is, He made two plays when he had to. So give him credit for making two plays. But what is your thinking? You want to ask the general manager and ask the giant hierarchy, how can you have a backup quarterback on the roster who you do not have enough faith in him that he can actually try to throw the ball in the game to a wide receiver? How would you expect to play without that as part of your offense? What is this, high school? I don't even know these days you want to try that in high school. And what they did in overtime, when they knew as soon as they punted the ball back, they were dead What the heck? What were you trying to do? You have to at least try to throw the ball down there. And I understand he kept the ball on a reed. And you know what? The end went to sleep and he got a touchdown. Okay, it happened. It's pretty stupid of the Jets to allow it to happen, but it happened. Jets were pretty stupid all day, committing ridiculous penalties. And Salah should be ashamed of his team because they were just flat-out stupid with their penalties. Forget undisciplined. They were just flat-out stupid with the penalties they made. I mean, they should have cost them a ball game, and they were about to catch, you know, to cost them a ball game. They were about to go home a loser and lose a bad game. Until he misses the field goal. And I'm telling you, I would have gone on fourth and one. Okay? But that doesn't mean what he did was wrong. I'm not trying to make that point. I can understand and we can debate that one. And there's a point for each of it. So if they're up six there and the game unfolds the way it did, they can't. The game, the clock runs out. They have one second to try and flip the ball into the end zone instead of trying to kick the ball for a field goal. Instead, they're trying to flip the ball into the end zone. And the odds on that happening are not very good. If it played out the same exact way. I thought the way the whole thing unfolded, the feeling, and a lot of times I want to look at that as how I feel about it, watching it play after play. I think Barkley would have gotten the yard. I think he was in enough command to be able to wiggle and wriggle his way for that yard and end the game. And that's what I would have done personally. I want to control that. 
And if I don't, I still think I'm going to win the game there. Now, just like he was sick when he missed the field goal, just like in the first half when he didn't go, didn't go on fourth down and fourth and one, and he missed the 47-yarder, you know, if you're a coach and you go, don't go for it on fourth and one from their 30, and he misses the 47-yarder, you feel sick. And when he misses the 35-yarder with a couple seconds in the game, you feel sick. Now, if I went on fourth and one and I didn't make it, and now there's 23 seconds left, would I have been thinking, boy, I wish I got to kick that field goal? Of course I would have, because that's human nature. Just like he was thinking, boy, I should have gone for it when the field goal went awry. And yes, the game went, <laughs> and the game time people almost didn't make it. We know that. No, excuse me, the game-winning field almost didn't make it. The game-time one was okay. The game-winner almost didn't make it. It looked like it was off when he kicked it. But, hey, the bottom line is this. It's a bitter, bitter, heartbreaking loss because you had just, with a great defensive effort, had just about done everything you could possibly do to steal a game. A game that was going to make the Jets sick. And instead, you're sicker because you gave up and lost that game. But I just don't understand how you can have a player on your roster that you do not believe can come. And that's, that, that is front and center. The Giants and their head coach did not believe that DeVito could throw a ball to the wide receiver. Not at all. All. Well, if you have that player on the roster, then why is he on the roster? You have to have enough faith in, the, faith in the guy you choose as your number two quarterback that he can step in and at least make a play. He's not supposed to be a star. He's not supposed to complete 70% or throw frozen ropes. He's supposed to be able to get the job done under an extreme situation. That was not the case here. And a lot of things Dable did. You know, last year, it seemed like every time I watched him, he made the right choice. He made the right move. He was confident. He was very prepared. Everything looked right. And everything was boom, boom. Even when they were losing, he seemed like he was very much in control. That's how well he coached the team last year. Well, that's how bad things look this year. And that's how out of it and defensive he looks. Now he's gotten very defensive. He grumbles a lot, he yells a lot, and he's gotten very, very defensive. And when he was pressed today, he just didn't answer the question. Hey, I did, you know, I, I, I did what I thought was the best chance to win. I'm trying to win the game. I'm trying to win the game. Hey, you're not trying to win the game in overtime, where now all they have to do is come down and kick the field goal to win. You're not trying to win the game when you're flipping the ball to the back on third and 21. On third and 21, you're flipping the ball to the back at the line of scrimmage. You expect them to get 21 yards against that defense? I mean, give me a break. 
That's playing to lose. They played not to make a mistake, hoping that things would break right for them. And they did until the last moments of the game. But in overtime, there's no excuse for the way they called that game. That's shameful. That's non-competitive. Go down trying. I don't care who throws the ball. I don't care if you run a double reverse. Try to do something. At least try to make a play. Don't lie down. I understand things went wrong and it was heartbreaking. You know, missed, you didn't get the first down. You know, missed on third down. On fourth down, you decided to kick the field. You know, misses a 35-yarder. And then your defense, which had been great all day, gives up two straight 29-yard completions. But don't lie down. That's, that, 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 that's just awful. And let's be honest. Trading deadline's Tuesday. You can forget about Cousins anymore no matter what team you are because he, pulled, he tore his Achilles tendon, I guess, this afternoon. He wasn't getting traded anyway. Vikings are back to 500. Now they lose Cousins, though. Lost Jefferson, now they lose Cousins. There's not any real good quarterback to get. So whether they're going to bring in a, you know, Matt Barkley or a Wentz or whoever the heck they're going to bring in a trade for some second or third quarterback on some roster, they have to get a player who they believe can at least play the position in a professional manner because DeVito cannot do that or they don't believe he can do that. He cannot be a quarterback. Not again. Because you have to have a legitimate game plan, and that was anything but. So the giant season as it unravels, and now you have the Taylor situation. We don't know yet his status. I don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones. Every day is a different saga. It's, you know, early in the week, oh, you know, he might play this week, which I never thought he would. And then later in the week, oh, you know, now it sounds like he's not going to play the rest of the year. Hint, hint here, John Mara, you know, uh, uh, Dable, this and that. He's not going to probably play again this year. Pro- might be out for the season stories. He might be out for the season. And now, then this morning, stories again, he might come back week 11 or 12. I have no idea what they're doing with this guy. Bottom line is, considering the year and the status of the offensive line, why bring him back? Go get a journeyman and let him, let him, let him, if Taylor's out, go get a journeyman and let him, co- uh, let him run the team. We know DeVito's not running the team. But that veteran should have been here this week because you cannot have this guy as your backup quarterback if you do not believe that he can throw the ball to a wide receiver. For the Giants and their fans, as bad as crushing, as ugly of a loss as you could have. For the Jet fans, hey, you were about to lose a terrible game. One that would have stuck and really would have hurt. And now your quarterback pulled it out of the fire with a couple of plays that 
Nobody was expecting at that point of the game. So they'll try to build on that win, and let's see if they do. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.